You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 17. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Welcome back to the podcast. My goal is always to help you learn to spiritually fast. One of the ways to do this is by my method of delay and pray that I developed a couple years ago, and it's pretty good. There is an art to learning how to delay gratification, especially with food, and to revolve your life around prayer instead like the three hinges of a door. So the fruit of learning how to do this well is that you begin to realize every day that your whole life has meaning. I'm talking about every fun moment, every ache and pain, every challenge and success, every failure and flop, literally every good part and every bad part all has a spiritual purpose. And when the moments of your day are offered up to God in gratitude and atonement, really powerful things begin to happen. The two of these things combined, the delay and the pray, will ultimately give you the skill of spiritual fasting. And this is the essence of the Delay and Pray coaching program. This is the space where you become your best self in both body and soul. This is where sainthood dwells and happiness resides. It's not easy, but it's so worth the effort. It's worth all the work you choose to do on your thinking and then the failing and getting back up and trying again to achieve your desired results. That's where it works. So in a way, we're normalizing failing as a means to succeed. And as funny as this sounds, we are actually stepping into the emotions of fear and rejection and insecurity here. We're figuring out the thoughts behind the feelings. We plan, we execute the plan, and we examine the plan to see when revision is needed. It all begins with our thinking. I came up with a new quote as I strive to figure this out and become a spiritual fasting expert, and it is this. A goal is not achieved in one massive action, but by one thought model at a time, because it really has to do with your thoughts. What I've been learning is that I must manage my thoughts and feel my emotions to achieve spiritual wealth in this life. The only way I have found to do this is to put my thoughts and emotions through reason by using the thought model. But the key is to physically write the thought models down on paper or type them out on your computer, or I mean, you could even voice memo them into your phone. But somehow, in some way, you've got to get your thoughts and emotions out of your mind and form them into letters, numbers, and sentences so that they can be prosecuted and judged and evaluated as to their truth through the lens of grace. This really is the answer. So everything begins with our thoughts, but the emotions piece that comes after, this is incredibly important. And this is the third line of the thought model. So let me review the thought model just really quickly. First of all, you have the circumstances of your life, and these are the facts of the situation that you're considering. Then you have your thoughts that you choose to think of that circumstance. Then your emotions come from the thoughts. 
emotions produce your actions and your actions produce your results. And this is how you show up in the world, you know, for better or for worse. So the acronym is CTFAR, and this is the thought model and a very easy way to discern your thoughts and emotions so that you can achieve all your goals, including spiritual fasting over time. Today, we're going to discuss the third line of the model called emotions. These are the vibrations in your body that are so important for living a virtuous life, understanding your emotions by feeling them instead of numbing or resisting them, and then managing them is so helpful in attaining your spiritual fasting goals. So as we discuss feeling our emotions, it's just something that we don't often think about at all. Because before life coaching, I really thought my emotions just happened. And that was just the kind of person I was. So my thoughts would revolve around these, I guess you would call them like I am statements, such as I'm just an angry person, or I'm an emotional person, or I'm a loud person. These type of identity statements kept me stuck in so many ways and at the mercy of the emotions of the day. Well, the good news is, is that we can do something about an emotion. We can learn to name them, feel them, and ask the Lord into them, and then find the thought that creates them. It's really that simple. It just takes time. So first, let's define emotions. They are fascinating to study, but challenging to manage. But remember, quote unquote, nothing is impossible with God. That's Matthew 19, 26. An emotion is a physical experience that is felt in our body. An emotion always comes from a thought we are thinking. This is the most interesting aspect of emotions, that they come from our thoughts. We tend to think that feelings or emotions are generated from our circumstances in our lives, but that's just not generally true. When we think a thought, that thought is brought into consciousness in our mind and releases molecules of emotion made up of protein peptides into our bodies. Emotions are cascades of chemical reactions that can literally be physically felt in our bodies. So simply put, what we think, we feel. And I think it's actually a relief to consider that we can control our emotions. It does take a lot of work, but when you think you are more disposed to anger, aggression, sadness, disappointment, confusion, or any negative emotion, well, you now have the knowledge that we don't have to be this way that we are not that way, that we can change our emotions with our thoughts over time by simply feeling them and exploring them. It is true that we are all born with specific God-given temperaments, and we can work within those strengths to achieve greatness with God. But we can also notice where we let our temperaments cause us and others pain. This is the place that needs healing and change, and it's possible. You can change your emotions. So consider some common emotional responses to like movies, songs, dreams, advertisements, and books we read. We rationally know that a scary movie is not real, but we can get very scared while watching the movie, enough to cover our eyes or even leave the room, right? And songs can do the same thing. They can make us cry, even though we're not truly sad. They can motivate us too. I mean, who doesn't love to work out to great music or like an interesting YouTube video? So our mind drives our body and our body responds. Think about reading an amazing motivational book, highlighting it from cover to cover and going from a bit downhearted to excited in a matter of 30 minutes. So what is behind this? Well, it's our thinking that wins the day in these scenarios, but we have to find the thoughts that are driving the emotions. Many of our thoughts are unconscious and cause our emotions without even knowing it. They need to be written down. 
This is why working through models and journaling and designing food protocols is so helpful to the spiritual life. It's all about awareness of our thoughts. Our thoughts are like a pebble thrown into a water, causing the ripples of our emotions. The thought is the pebble, which is the cause, and the ripples are the effects of the cause. The goal of the virtuous life is to make beautiful ripples of goodness in this life by serving others with our speech and actions. Unfortunately, sometimes we cause the opposite and wonder why we did that. Well, we don't have to be this way. And that is the great news. We can update our emotions with our minds. Father Chad Ripperger states in his YouTube video on interior freedom that emotions can enslave us if they are left to being pulled in all directions. We must manage them and not let them manage us. According to St. Thomas Aquinas, we possess two intellects, a passive intellect and a possible intellect. Thousands of thoughts come into our lower or passive intellect through our five senses. These are the common sense powers. These thoughts combine with associations and past memories, creating all kinds of images that can drive our emotions. We can learn to pause for a moment and to pass these thoughts through reason in our possible intellect residing within our soul. So here, our higher intellect talks our will into doing what is best for us. Spiritual fasting helps us to develop a type of delayed gratification that creates this space, allowing us to just stop for a moment and take a look at what exactly we are thinking that is giving us this emotion. Here, here, we can shift our thinking and update our emotion to really serve our highest good. It sounds a little difficult, but it's really not. It just takes time. With a thought model, we can learn to create the space to stop and think about our thinking, to put our thoughts and antecedent emotions through reason with our higher intellect. It's here where we can receive grace from Jesus to help us align our will to his. And this is a beautiful space where we can check our desires and make sure they are way more for Jesus than food especially when dealing with sugar and alcohol and flour. So believe me, without creating this precious space habitually, your mind will go for the easy path. This is the hamburger and beer every time because it brings comfort when you're feeling stressed instead of taking the time to think about the importance of delaying and praying and eating that salad with a cold Pellegrino water that you wrote on your food protocol. So this is all because sometimes our emotions create desires that we think are better than they really are. Take, for example, a person who loves gourmet hamburgers. Emotions are driven by imagination. A person can allow an image of a hamburger, say like from a commercial on TV, to drive a huge desire for the burger in their mind, actually causing the image to look, smell, and taste better than it actually is. You can even start to salivate just thinking of it if you allow yourself to. So this is the goal of marketing and advertisement. We know that. Commercials want you to think that you can't live without this meal. But when you put the thought and emotion through reason, your higher intellect, you can certainly live without it for now and delay it for a period of time. You can also practice alternative thoughts such as food during the week is for nourishing my precious body. Just this moderation of thinking can slow the desire for it down just a bit and even help stop overeating when the time comes to eat the hamburger, which is just fine once in a while. This process of moderation and delayed gratification is important for both our bodies and our souls. This is the virtuous cycle. So putting emotions to reason results in the interior freedom that Father Chad talks about. Interior freedom is becoming free of vices and building up virtuous habits. That really is a much more simple and lovely life. This is our goal and it is challenging. 
The inclination to make something seem better than it really is works the opposite way as well. We can make something seem worse than they really are. So our vices and sins, such as gluttony and sloth, if we're talking about spiritual fasting, do affect our emotions and make things they just seem like they are harder than they really are. Remember the little bird I had talked about on a previous podcast with the thread that discouraged him from flying. He thought he couldn't fly because he could feel the thread, but he really can fly. He's just choosing not to. We do the same thing. We often think that there is no way we can go a whole week without a burger or sugar or some kind of processed food. We think it's way too challenging, but we can do anything we set our minds to. And this is scriptural. It's all about our thoughts and literally feeling the emotion that vibrates through our body, whether it's positive or negative. That emotion is uncomfortable if it's negative, but feeling it all the way through is the answer to finding the thought error that's behind it. A thought error is just a lie you tell yourself that you somehow believe. Once you find it, you can shift it into a thought that is way more useful for you. Those thoughts are the ones you practice until you really believe them. So what if we decided to continually think, I am a person who delays sugar, flour, and alcohol during the week. I'm dining in with Jesus at that time. And then use your imagination to actually dine in with Jesus and gaze upon his sweet face. See him, touch him. You can practice this in adoration every week if you'd like, but eventually you will believe it. Eventually it will work for you using your imagination to transform your mind. And anyway, he will transform your mind if you let him. Dine in with him a while and feel the emotion. You must figure out what works for you. Remember, trying and failing is a large part of this process. And when we finally figure out how to successfully dine in with Jesus, then we can do it again and again and again until we build that virtuous habit and it becomes automatic. There are three types of emotions to consider according to St. Thomas Aquinas. They are a large part of your temperament that can lead to growth and pursuit of virtue. So it's, it's really good to know about them. You can control your emotions. It's all about taking the time to pass your emotions through reason. This means passing them through the thought model that is the reason cycle. So here's the three types of emotions that we can have. Number one is the indulgent emotions. These are the top layer emotions that we use to avoid feeling other emotions. These emotions are common and keep us stuck and not moving forward. Some examples of these indulgent emotions are overwhelm, confusion, indecision, perfectionism, powerlessness, worry, and disappointment, and there's more. Antecedent emotions are the second type. These are specific emotions that are hidden underneath the indulgent emotions that we really don't want to feel and are not past through reason. Emotions were automatically subject to reason before the fall of Adam and Eve, but because of this original sin now, we can be very reactive and hurt others with our words or actions if we don't check our emotions with reason. So in my own life, I discovered with my coach that I was using the indulgent emotion of confusion so that I would not feel the fear of failure or rejection. I found myself spinning in confusion rather than just feeling the fear of doing what I had planned and what I really needed to do and possibly failing and then trying again. So you see how this works and it's not reasonable. So everybody has to fail and try again to figure out this life. So confusion though is no help in figuring it out, but it was a great protection mechanism for me so that I didn't have to do the hard work of moving forward and failing and succeeding. So indulgent emotions, they just keep us stuck 
and they often protect us from the real emotions that we need to deal with. Okay. And lastly, we got the good emotions. These are the best emotions. These are called consequent emotions. And these are the useful emotions that participate in reason and move us forward in faith, especially when we're uncomfortable. Jesus was fully human and divine, and he did possess emotions. Because he was sinless, his emotions were consequent. These emotions show up as righteous anger, useful shame, and anxiety, just to name a few. They exist to move us forward in courage in the face of fear, and they're, they're good for us. So Mary and Jesus had consequent emotions. That's kind of interesting to think about, isn't it? Um, I especially love to think about emotions like this while watching the Christian series, The Chosen. I'm on season three right now, and I think it's interesting to pick out the different emotions of the apostles and compare them with the characters of Jesus and Mary, who always display emotions past through reason. These are the consequent emotions. These are the ones to strive for. And of course, Jesus and his blessed mother always show us the way. So try this the next time you watch that show. So how do we pass our emotions through reason? By using the thought model. That's what we have to do. We have to find the thoughts that are usually lies that are causing these indulgent and antecedent emotions. Then we can change them. This is so amazing, but it's challenging, but it's, it's totally doable. We will have to feel the discomfort. We will have to feel the emotion instead of numbing it with food or alcohol. When we choose the food, instead of just feeling the emotion, this is called buffering, and it is the spiritual battle. Because we have inclinations toward disordered desires, it's a challenge to lean into discomfort. But with God, all things are possible, and he gives us the tools to figure this out, especially in this delay and pray method. Knowledge of our emotions and how to manage them is key. Here's a few myths about emotions that I would love to clear up for you that we tend to believe as a society, especially now. Number one, emotions are just part of me and I can't control them. We can actually use the catechism of the Catholic Church to actually prove that this isn't true. In paragraph 1764, it says, the passions, which are the emotions, are natural components of the human psyche. They form the passageway and ensure the connection between the life of the senses, which is the body, and the life of the mind. So this is really important because our life comes in through our five senses, and sometimes we can't control that part. But we can choose to think about that incoming life and how to respond emotionally to it. This is a skill that takes time to learn and is easier for some than others, depending on your temperament and your life experiences. But the point is, is that we can pass our emotions through reason to reach interior freedom. The second myth would be that emotions are too difficult to deal with. So our emotions are passions that were created by God to move us into action toward the good. The emotion of love is our highest calling, and that's the one to shoot for. Deciding at the appropriate time to feel love and abundance in many situations will always serve our highest good and ultimately lead us to virtue and the heavenly life. And I just want to let you know that paragraph 1763 is a great reference for this. Taking the time to learn how to manage emotions is worth every moment and every penny too. And the third and last myth is that there are good and bad emotions. The Catechism also states in paragraph 1767 that in themselves, emotions called passions are neither good nor evil. They are morally qualified in themselves that they effectively engage reason. In other words, they're morally good when they engage reason. So for instance, it is okay to be angry when that anger is justified. It's not okay to lash out at another in anger. 
We can learn to hold space to consider reason when we are angry and not respond in a hurtful manner. There is no freedom in snap judgment at others. This is a learned skill that is cultivated through the virtue of temperance. Temperance can be honed by spiritually fasting off food, and then you may see your anger transforming into meekness. So the truth behind all these misconceptions is that our emotions are manageable. We can't just ignore them. We can learn how to feel them and not resist them. Resisting your emotions is like shoving that beach ball underwater. You can hold it there for a while until you get very tired, but it's just going to pop up and resurface again with vengeance until you figure out how to deflate it. If we don't recognize, name, and deal with our emotions, then we end up avoiding them or we buffer or numb them with food and drink. This affects our spiritual fasting and our weight goals. Don't let your emotions deflate your spiritual fasting. Let's just learn how to deal with them and direct them to a place where they work in our favor. They are just vibrations in our bodies that we can feel. We can learn to feel a negative feeling and name it and just sit with it. We can go about our day just feeling the feeling. For example, have you ever said something to someone that was unkind and you didn't mean to hurt them, but you did? You said you were sorry and even brought the situation to confession, but you still felt badly about it? Well, instead of numbing the feeling with food or alcohol, you can simply choose to name it and go about your day kind of like this. This is shame. I'm feeling shame right now. It will pass. This is shame. It will pass. I'm so sorry, Lord, that I hurt that person. Please forgive me. And guess what? It will pass without you having to numb it away. It just takes time. You can do this with any negative emotion. And while you are delaying and praying, you can write down all the thoughts that contributed to that antecedent emotion that caused such pain. Then when another circumstance comes around, you can change your thoughts about it and shift your antecedent emotion to consequent. It would be great if we all felt positive feelings all the time, but that's just not possible in this life. Life is 50-50 on emotions, on everything. You will have positive and negative emotions, and you can learn to feel both without buffering or numbing either one. Isn't it interesting to know that feelings are harmless? They won't hurt you. They just drive your actions. That's it. What actions do you want them to drive? Those actions will result in how you show up in the world. This is the most important work. I want to show up kind and beautiful and compassionate and humble, and I know it's possible. It just takes some work. So what do you do when negative emotions come around? When you have a negative emotion, think of it as a heavy purse that you are carrying around. One skill to learn is how long do you want to carry it for? As a compassionate observer of your own situation, do you need to carry this around for a while or are you indulging in an emotion that isn't serving you? Let me give you an example. Disappointment. I once paid thousands of dollars for a business coaching program that did not meet my expectations in two particular areas. I sat in disappointment for an entire week trying to think about what to do until I got coached and decided that sometimes you don't get what you expected, but that doesn't mean it wasn't worth the money. I started to focus on every little thing I could get out of the program, and I ended up receiving many blessings from that course. It wasn't what I expected, but it turned out to be just fine. My thought was that this program was worth every penny of my money. God is showing me opportunity here. It was a deliberate mind shift into love and abundance, and I grew immensely from this situation, and I got so much out of it in the end. 
So what are the feelings that you want to create in your situations? Because everything we do is based on how we think it will feel. It becomes so important to think about what we want to feel. We can create any feeling we want to create on a regular basis by putting that feeling in the F line and coming up with all the thoughts needed to feel that feeling. That's what I did with that feeling of discomfort. Amazingly, I do this all the time with my clients, creating thoughts about specific feelings they most want to feel in relation to the results they seek. It's a great exercise that can drive your feelings, actions, and results in achieving your goals with spiritual fasting. When it comes to spiritual fasting and weight loss and just following your schedule, don't let your emotions get in the way. You are going to learn that emotional discomfort is the price you pay for growth and virtue while helping those that you love. The faster you learn to think thoughts that allow you to lean into emotional discomfort instead of fighting it or eating it, the faster you will grow spiritually. And as you detach from sugar, flour, and alcohol, you will attach to God, praying more and consuming less. This is a beautiful thing. We call it mortification in the Catholic world. It is the currency to your dreams for your body and the souls of others. And it is the way to heaven. And I know you can do it. Oh my goodness. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please subscribe and even leave me a five-star review if you wouldn't mind so that others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting, getting healthy, losing weight, and getting back to the sacraments this year. Have a great week, my friends, and I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. Hey, if you're interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray. It's a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting, and you won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. There's two options to choose as well, private coaching with me or join the group coaching program to join an amazing group of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to lose that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Both options include the same amazing online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. So head over to my website right now, thecatholicfastingcoach.com, and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well to always get the latest daily information to keep you fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. Mm -hmm.